0: Did you? Uh, were you ever in a pickup basketball game where you just so dominant they just hacked you?
1: Yeah, that that's what happens to me all the time.
0: Like Aaron's just dunking on everybody, so they just buy you intentionally.
1: I'm the, I'm the guy like if so we gotta like we don't we don't have any cool ways to pick teams. We just shoot for teams, right? The people I play with, we're on the court for like two hours of the two and a half hours we have just trying to shoot up to divide the teams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's the two that's 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 how you guys spend your time?
1: Yeah. I mean we gotta we should just get develop a lottery or some sort of system because we're wasting all of our daylight.
0: Well if they had a lottery, I mean you'd be number one.
1: Thank you. Number one in your in hearts. Um so let's start let's start with uh free throws.
0: We gotta start with free throws. You got a
1: lot of questions about that, about whether the Jazz who come back to Salt Lake City game three is Friday night. Um whether they should have been hacking DeAndre Jordan, or whether they should be hacking DeAndre Jordan, and how they how they deal with with his, uh, I guess you know, forty eight percent. Yeah, and whether they exploit that. What, what did you What did you think about that?
0: Well, I'm going to write about this. We're you know, but this is this is what this is where this is where I see it. I mean, Game Two, DeAndre Jordan had 18 points, 14 rebounds. I mean, really dominated inside. Blake Griffin had 24 points. Chris Paul was dominant. The Clippers were desperate. The Clippers played great. The Jazz played very mediocre. And the Clippers won by eight. And the Jazz were right there in the fourth quarter. So the question is, you know, does this say that, you know, the Jazz can really play with these guys and they don't need to go with a hacking strategy or... You know what does it say to you?
1: I think they they can play with them. I I think that they I think the Clippers led up led up in the fourth quarter a little bit, which is which is kind of a strange thing to say in a playoff game. But I mean, they were. I, I I don't really think that I I ever felt like the Jazz had a chance to win that game. I felt like the Clippers were pretty comfortably in control the whole time. So I, I think maybe, I think maybe that that end of the 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 gap was was wider. You know than, than the numbers suggest. Well, as
0: our friend, our dear friend Bill Oram said, or and as he predicted, you know he predicted that the Clippers will win comfortably, but that the Jazz will be within six in the fourth quarter, which is indicative of a team that pretty much would just does just enough to win, and and that's what the Clippers did. They did whatever they had to do to make sure um, that the Jazz weren't an immediate threat. On, on a Tuesday night. Um, and they did that, and they accomplished that. Now the question is, can they do that at Vivian Smart Home Arena, where we're changing venues there?
1: So the two two of the things that, the, for the Jazz fortunes to turn around, in, in my view, would be Rodney Hood or Gordon Hayward have to get going. What's been the problem? I mean, Gordon Hayward had 20 points, in the in the post game press conference, Chris Paul Chris Paul looks down at the at the box score, looks at it, sees Hayward's twenty, and says, "That's the tw- toughest twenty points he ever got in his life."
0: And he, he was absolutely right. I mean, that was a difficult twenty. I mean, Luke Mbamute is just hounding him all over the floor. Um, you know, he's getting over screens. You know, he's using his length. He's using his athleticism to bother Hayward. Um, he's shutting off Hayward's drives and Hayward's just not getting the space that he got in the regular season. And, you know, and then the and, then, and the off chance that Hayward does get passed <coughs> by Mute. Sorry guys. Um, you know, DeAndre Jordan's at the basket. So I mean that's it's it's an issue. So how do they
1: how do they go about how do they go about Getting Gordon going. I mean, what, what's the key? Whether it's whether it's like I said, Rodney Hood or, or somebody else. I mean, what do you what do you see as as the key to to you know kind of freeing up Gordon Hayward in this series?
0: Guys got to make shots around him, you know, so they can loosen these guys up in the paint. You know, George Hill's got to start making shots. Joe Ingles has got to start making shots. And, you know, Rodney Hood. You know, so that's that's what it is for me.
1: What's I mean, when you look at Rodney Hood's game. Tony's dying. We got we got a dead. T- <laughs> um, when when you look at Rodney Hood's game, what about it? I mean, is it is it simply you know this? It's just he's a streaky guy, and and you know he's he's in a bad spot right now, or or what do you see? You know what do, what does he need to do?
0: The problem with Rodney is he misses a couple of shots, and then he stops shooting, and he's just got to start shooting regardless. If I want to see, I would rather see Rodney go three for twenty than two for seven. Because if he takes twenty shots, he puts twenty shots in the air. Some of them are going to go. I mean, he's too good a shooter uh, for it not to. And that, and that that's that's the thing for me. He's got to. He's just got to be confident mentally, and he's got to be aggressive. Just shoot the ball, well, let it go.
1: We've heard Quinn Snyder, seen him, read his lips, saying saying that with more.
0: A little bit more color, colorful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shoot the ball. Shoot the bleep, 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 exactly. ball.
1: Exactly. So,
0: you know, and that's the thing with Rodney. I mean, it, you know, if you look at game two, there was there was a possession where, you know, he passes up a wide open corner three, you know. And, and those screw up possessions for the Jazz because, I mean, those, that you know, Rodney Hood, there are times where he gets the ball and he passes up a shot where that's the best shot they're going to get that possession. And he's just got to let it go, man. Like, you know, he's a scorer. Like, he, his job is to score the basketball, and he needs to do that.
1: Do you think bringing Rodney off the bench has affected his offensive game at all?
0: I think so, and I and I'd start him. I, you know, but um, I understand why why you know, especially in this series, why Joe Ingles has is in the starting lineup. I mean, you know, Rodney's not nearly as good on JJ Reddick as Joe Ingles is, and. Um, I think that that's um, something that has to be considered as well. You know, it's matchups. Yeah,
1: JJ has not gotten going in, in this series at all. Joe's definitely hounding him, um, but at the same time, you know, Joe really hasn't gotten going offensively. Maybe he's, you know, he's. Well, that's that because energy. he's running
0: around, you know, chasing JJ Reddick around, and that's 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 a problem, you know, as well. I mean, that you know you running around as much as jj redick does on that possession. I mean, he moves he moves without the ball as well as cal Corver does. As well as rip hamilton used to move without the ball, as well as ray allen used to move without the ball. I mean, it's like a cons- it's just consistent It never stops. You know, so you do that and then all of a sudden, you know, you get a wide open look um on the other end, and, you know, it can be kind of tough to put it down.
1: Yeah, and talking to doc rivers conference call yesterday, he's like you know, J.J.'s not scoring, but we're still scoring because of J.J., because of his movement, because they're afraid to come in from the weak side. DeAndre Jordan's, you know, getting a few more dunks than maybe he would have. Um, you know, they, they, they like what he's doing there. They want him to get going, obviously, but they're not going to force it because, you know, if, if Joe Ingles is out of the play, then it hurts the Jazz defense a
0: little bit. Right, as, as well. I mean, that, and that's the thing. I mean, when you have to honor J.J. Redick all the way out to 25 feet, guess what? There's your spacing. You know, so I mean, if you can't play off of JJ Reddick, then all of a sudden, you know, that pick and roll you run a pick and roll to that side, um, you know, it's kind of a three man, it's kind of a three man triangle, right? You run, you you stick JJ Reddick in the corner, and then you run pick and roll with with DeAndre, and then you put Blake Griffin on one opposite side, and then you stick Baumute all the way over in the other corner. Now the problem is. The, the the thing is you, you look at that and you say, okay, we can help off of Bamute. You know, But the one underrated game aspect about his game is that he is a terrific cutter off the ball. And he got a couple of easy layups um, in game two, you know, just flashing to the basket and, and Chris Paul finding him um, for, e- for easy shots. So it's not as easy as it sounds um, or it's more difficult than it looks, you know, defending Bamute. Um, but, you know, when J.J. Reddick has to be honored and you have to stick to him like Lou, I mean, it, it really creates spacing.
1: Uh, going back to DeAndre Jordan and, and then also Blake Griffin, you know, game one, I know Gobert only plays 11 seconds, but they really didn't exploit his absence in game one. They scored 40 points in the paint total. Um Game two, 60, 60, points, 60 them, right. points in the paint, and you know that's not just DeAndre and, and Blake; that's also their guards getting right. in. Like, how and what? What do the Jazz do to go about defending that area, knowing that you know? I mean, mm-hmm. we haven't we don't have an official update as of this recording, but it seems very unlikely Rudy Gobert will be back for Game
0: Three. Yeah, you know I think you know you, you get you know you get an energy boost at home. You know, so it becomes a little bit easier to defend when you're on your home floor as opposed to when you're at the Staples Center. But whether you know the energy boosts or not, I mean, it's 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 a very very real problem. I mean, if you look, if you know, we were almost you know we were courtside, and you look at DeAndre Jordan's his mass. And and how big he is, and how big Blake Griffin is. There was a real size. You could see the size. You could see the size disparity between the Jazz up front and between the Clippers up front in, in game. In games one, you could, but you could see it in game two as well. I mean, so Clippers are really, really much bigger without Rudy Gobert in a lineup. And you know, I, I you know, I don't know what you do. I mean, you 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 try to stun a little bit. You try to dig down. The guards try to dig down and help. You know, Gordon Hayward tries to dig down to help because he has Bob Ute. Um, You know, but the the you know I think Doc Rivers was a lot smarter in Game Two in keeping Blake Griffin on the move and not giving him stationary post ups uh, to where to where the Jazz could could help. You know, they he didn't. You know, Blake Griffin was when he's on the move and when he's playing pick and pop and. When he's running the floor, when he's rim running and, and posting up in front of the rim in transition, it's hard for help to come. And I think that, that Doc Rivers did a good job of putting Blake Griffin in positions where, you know, it's just him and his defender and you know the Jazz couldn't couldn't send help um, in either direction.
1: What about the pick and roll defense? I mean how it seems like they really, really put the jazz in a, in a bind. And that's you know, again going back to Gobert's absence with Gobert out there. He's able to defend two guys in the pick and roll at one time, you know basically i mean did, did, I mean how much was was how much of the points in the pain problem was that just just the way that they defended pick and roll
0: game yeah, that's huge, it's huge, and especially with Chris Paul, I mean he's one of the best mid range shooters of all time, so right now I mean you're you're picking your poison right? I mean, you know if Rudy's not there and you're defending that with with Derek favors, you know you're either okay, Derek, you got to come up and help. And then, you know, DeAndre Jordan gets gets a lob and he's dunking everything. Or Chris Paul gets a wide open 15 to 18 footer. Uh, and he's going to make that 75% of the time. Um, so, you know, I think, I mean, I, on, the initial, on the initial screen, you c- maybe could go under on Chris Paul. But, I mean, he's going to pull up and shoot a jump shot and he's going to make it or... You know, if you you know, the guards have to really, really, really work to fight over those screens. Um, George Hill has to really work to fight over those screens. It's, it's difficult, and it's going to be difficult for as long as Rudy Gobert is out.
1: How long do you think that is at, at this point? I mean, we don't we don't have an official word, but we saw him, you know, at, you know, at UCLA during the practices and shoot-arounds walking around, not a, not much of a limp, if any, um, but not doing a lot either. He wasn't right. running. He wasn't, you know, we didn't see him jumping. We saw him, you know, walking, shooting, standing still. Some of the stuff we saw from Rodney Hood when he, when he had that injury and, and everything like that. I mean, do you get a sense of, of when he might be able to return?
0: You know, I think, I think today and tomorrow will be – I mean, obviously, we don't think he's going to play game three. Um, but today and tomorrow um, – you know, if he's able to do, you know, 20% of practice today is if he's able to 30 to 40% of shoot around um, on Saturday to off day, if he's able to, you know, increase that, you know, every little day gets a little better, gets a little better, then maybe maybe Sunday's a possibility, game four. Um, Tuesday, game five, possibility. Um you know, but they need him back. You know, ASAP. I mean, if they don't have him tomorrow and they lose tomorrow, I mean, you almost got to put him out there, Game Four, and kind of take your chances. You know, I mean, this is, you know, it's not the regular season; it's the playoffs, and you know, there are a lot, there's, there's a lot at stake here. So, you know, I think you got to, you know, try to just figure out a way to get him out there because right now. I mean, sixty percent of Rudy Gobert is better than no Rudy Gobert at all because you know the Jazz are just—they just got bludgeoned uh, in the paint in Game Two, and and that that really can't persist if the Jazz want to win the series.
1: Maybe Derek Favors and Jeff Withy go out and get the uh, the free Rudy Gobert haircut that the Jazz are offering this week. Just just to go, just a little just a little edge. Jeff's little
0: getting the Gordon Hayward haircut, man. Come on.
1: Um all right, let's keep it quick cuz we got to go to practice. Uh I guess of all the things we talked about, is there one thing that stands out to you that's going to decide game 3?
0: Um obviously whether the Jazz can keep them away uh, from the basket. And that's going to be that's going to be a paramount importance and the other thing that's a paramount importance. Jazz is just going to have to make shots. They're going to have to make more shots and Gordon's going to have to figure out a way like you know, this is this is the time, you know, where Gordon's gotta say to myself, I don't care what what they do to scheme for me, I don't care what they do to try to take 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 uh, things away from me and shut my water off. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna drop 25 to 30 efficient points, and it's gonna that's that's what's gonna have to happen.
1: And I think also on the other side, it's how bad does Chris Paul want this? I mean, it seems like he he's been talking all, all week about how he doesn't want to focus on on their past, you know, their past failures or just taking everything kind of one game at a time like we always hear. Uh, he, in that third quarter, the Jazz get it within three. Chris Paul hits a big three, blocks, steals the ball, and goes for a layup to push it back to eight. Um, just took over, and, he I mean, he just looked like a guy who was like, mm, "This this is going to be my series right now.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, and if you're the Jazz, you know – if you're really cognizant of this, which the jazz are like, okay, we gotta get one win to put these guys on the brink to get these guys like man, you know this could this could really happen and and that's that's what that's what the jazz have to do. they have to figure out a way to break through um you know and and put the clippers on the brink and give them you know a modicum of pressure you know on the road, I mean because you know, having to win game two at home is a lot different than having to win game four on the road. All right. Well, we will uh, cut it
1: off there. And, we love you. Yeah, we'll we'll be back, try to be back tomorrow. So, catch you guys later. Uh, thanks.
0: Deuces. Bye.